Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Jurassic World Dominion is a movie where Laura Dern points at a dinosaur and says, What's that? Uh, Jurassic World 3 makes Jurassic World 1 look like Jurassic Park 1. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, what a pleasant little roller coaster ride of a movie. Everyone was so excited to be back for this. You read to, like some of the cast interviews. Apparently Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Jeff Goldblum, that British chick. They were all really happy to be back for this. I would, I would also be also very be elated <laughs> to get this paycheck. Yeah, I get what percent of total gross? Yeah, sure. You got the well, dinosaur you can't shit make on it me without me. So uh, go ahead and triple that. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. Right. Who's your backup planned? Oh, you don't have one? I don't think so. Yeah, I'll see you there. It's a good thing we have this to show for. But before Where we get into it, Parker, we? do we have any news? Guys, I have exciting news for everyone. Uh, Seth Green was able to recover his stolen board ape NFT. So the White Horse Tavern is back on schedule, baby. Is that the name of the Thank show? Thank God. Just in time for football season. The, the grand prize at the base of the pyramid awaits us all. <laughs> it only costs 300000 American dollars. Not enough, honestly. Well, I feel like well just think how much he's going to be able that. to sell it for, you know? Exactly. But then he gets to sell the rights to the show. That's probably why it costs so much. Yeah, It's incredibly funny to me as we're watching cryptocurrency crumble around us, just knowing full well that the apes will always have value because we're like two years away from the celebrities not wanting them, but like the Chapo guy's owning four of them. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I mean, there's a certain level of wealth where you're just like, yeah, sure, I'll spend five grand on the monkey picture for meme value. Like, it's (laughs) just, it's forever perpetuating. Like, how can you not? Oh, yeah, 100%. I... I will buy the dip at some point. <laughs> when the apes get me. down to like 200, we'll start talking. Right, but, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking single digits. <laughs> the, the very ironic 2023 yeah. uh, purchase. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we get into our jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <sighs> we might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the Joker thing. Yeah, I. I'm oh, heroes of the strong. week, you two for restraint. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, uh, I'll go. I want to. I kinda, probably better than the first. Yeah. One. All right. So uh, I wouldn't know. Yeah, Parker, who's your jerk <laughs> of the week? Um, you know it was Colin Trevorrow, but I feel like the jerk of the week is me because, it, like, a big role of like critiquing movies is don't judge the movie for what you wish it would be; just judge it for what it is. And boy. I let myself get excited, like, oh man, this is going to be such a great adventure, like, having to coexist with the dinosaurs, that's going to be so exciting. 
that's on me for letting myself believe that's what I was walking into. I'd say so, it's uh, also on Colin Trevorrow Colin. for saying that's what the movie was going to be. So Yeah, no, fuck me, though. <laughs> fuck me for letting myself get excited. Yeah. It's like the fifth time in a row with this franchise I've stepped on that rake. That's on me. Oh, well. Uh, Alex, who's, do you have a jerk of the week? Yeah, so apparently it's myself, because uh, I was at a wedding over the weekend, and uh, we go, we sit down at our little nice outdoor tables... And there's just, like, a fucking tin can of colored pencils on each table. So oh, I'm no. like, oh, this is one of those kitschy millennial things where we're supposed to draw on the tablecloth. Because, you know, isn't that that thing we did when we were six? Oh, isn't that hilarious? <laughs> so, uh, you know, naturally, I draw a big old veiny dick on there. And then placemats <laughs> come out with, like, a little maze and, like, a word search and stuff. It's like, oh. Oh, that's why you gave us colored pencils. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's even worse. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh... Fuck me, I guess, for being the one person to draw a hog. Because uh, <laughs> nobody else I can pass that one off on. Yeah, no one else had the artistic <laughs> creativity that you did. No one else has a sense of fucking humor anymore. All right, so. Uh, I just think about all days. all the people our age who watch Joker, and they're like, yeah, dude, I get it. And you were just watching Superbad, and you're like, I also draw cocks everywhere. <laughs> this movie gets me for real, for real. <laughs> but unironically. Okay, my uh, my trick of the week ties into something I watched. I actually did sit down and I watched the Dilbert TV show, which, uh, as it turns out... Oh my God. Fuck! I actually like the Dilbert oh, you, TV you're show. You're visiting your dad this weekend? Uh, well... No, I don't think I did. Anyway, uh, I think your dad has some opinions we might not want to hear yeah, about from the correct, news recently. Correct. Disagree. Uh, I, was, I would love to hear all. No, of I'd prefer not to get into it. This was a really, this was a stressful week for me, and part of it was my dad and his political opinions on the January sixth thing and Jack Del Rio. So yeah, Google Jack Del Rio and guess which side he fell on. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really oh, trying. Oh no, to not the. 50th best defensive coordinator in the league. Right. What are we going to do without that guy? Yeah, I'm, so I'm just trying not to get into it. But anyway, I remember watching the Dilbert TV show when I was like nine or something like that and really liking it. I thought it was surprisingly good. And revisiting it, it's still pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Office Life in a way that I certainly don't miss. Uh, it has Loud Howard, who uh, I guess I'm just always going to laugh at that guy. I, I just think it's funny when he's just screaming the whole time. And there's a lot in there that works. And... Uh, my jerk of the week here is, uh, it's two people in one. It's that damn bastard Dogbert, uh, who, <laughs> as it turns it, as it turns out, I guess I just don't like dogs that talk in cartoons. <laughs> we'll fix that. I don't like fucking Brian. He just hasn't seen enough of them. I have. I don't like Scooby Doo, and I have a feeling I'm not oh going to like Marmaduke. Please segue this into watching. Yeah, Marmaduke. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not going to like Marmaduke. Anyway, um, so. I guess I decided I would read a little bit more about it because I think at this point we all know who and what Scott Adams is. He kind of went off the deep end on Twitter, or maybe he just revealed himself to be who he always is, whatever. So doing a little bit of research, apparently Dogbert is sort of like an author stand-in for uh, Scott Adams. He sees himself like as a little dog, and uh, apparently Dogbert represents that feeling that he has that he should be king of the earth and should enslave humanity. Maybe don't say that to an interviewer. Like I don't know why you would uh, just let everyone know that you feel that way about people. Uh, I I think one of the reasons that Scott Adams is the way that he is, is he has a lot more in common with Trump than I expected. Specifically, like, his line of thinking. He's a really big fan of the, the Norman Vincent Peale sort of school, where it's like, what was it, the affirmations, right? So, 
Nostrom can never, ever admit when he's wrong. Like, pathologically, he can't even think that way, right? Scott Adams is kind of the same way, where it's like, it's all about mind power is how he got popular with Dilbert is what he thinks. And that's not true. The reason he got popular with Dilbert is because, A, he tapped into a social phenomena that everyone experienced who worked in an office, and B, email. He utilized email when it was a burgeoning technology. That's the reason it got popular. But he thinks that the reason Dilbert got popular is because he wrote down, I want to be a famous cartoonist on a piece of paper 15 times. I'm not making that up. He still does that today. Now, I hope Jim Davis does that too. I, I don't think Jim Davis <laughs> writes anything anymore. Is Jim Davis still alive? Don't look that up. I don't care. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not looking yeah. it up. I, he's alive to me. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like Dogbert because fucking Dogbert is like this arrogant guy. He's always got like some stupid, quippy little reaction and he never gets any comeuppance or anything. He's just kind of stupid and annoying. I, I don't know. That's like the one part of the show I don't like. Everything else in Dilbert is uh, surprisingly pretty good. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to find that that one holds up. So uh, oh, This is bullshit. I'm changing my jerk of the week. Because before we started, I'd mentioned that I'd watch all the Jurassic Parks. And he was like, oh, you rewatched the third one? Why would you do that? And then this motherfucker comes on and goes, yeah, so I just rewatched all of Dilbert. Do I have like, to explain this? My like, fucking ass, dude. Excuse me. You. Like, Jurassic Park 3 sucks. Dilbert's good. That's the difference between us. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no, yeah, you watch this movie that you watch once as a kid. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, I watched Dilbert. I re- excuse me. I remember that show. Jurassic Park 3 was terrible i remember seeing that and being like all right stay away from that i remember dilbert fondly and i revisited so except for that damn dog bird except for dog bird i didn't know that i just like dog bird that much dog bird can suck my dick actually it does suck that dog bird is like stewie and brian rolled into one character pretty much you should have two jerks yeah that's that's the jerk of the week anyway uh before we get into parker's favorite movie jurassic park 3 uh the only other thing i watched this week was traffic by steven soderbergh which oh hell yeah! Uh, I had never seen Traffic before, so I was uh, mildly interested to see this. I heard a lot of people saying that this is his best movie, and I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen enough of his movies to make a definitive statement, but I thought it was very well done. I uh, I thought it was very well acted. Benicio del Toro is an Oscar winner for this one. Catherine Zeta Jones is in it. Uh, a whole lot of other actors. Martin Sheen, a whole bunch. Anyway. Uh, it tells three different stories about the drug war in the United States and Mexico. And the weirdest thing for me was watching him being like, wow, that was really good. And then seeing a bunch of uh, contemporary reviews were just like, oh, I don't know, it hasn't really aged very well. It's like, it's too, I don't know what people are getting at. I think people are saying it's too positive about the drug war. And that's not really the, the vibe that I got from this movie at all. I think the movie's trying to communicate that one, the drug war is leading to a lot of unnecessary violence. And two... There's probably no way to win it. And three, this is a gigantic waste of money. And four, this is a very depressing situation all around. Who disagrees with that? Hey, hey, Chris, allow me to take this one because I know the answer. Uh-oh, what is it? The answer is people that think Sicario is a good movie. Oh, I haven't seen Sicario, so. Okay, so like Sicario is one of those movies that's like really well made, but like not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is like very much like the gritty grim dark retelling of like the drug trade capped off with also benicio del toro doing epic secret agent shit at the end so uh it is to use a comparison that is going to go over both of your heads probably it's like the first two seasons of breaking bad versus the end of breaking bad when they just chopped full of explosions because all the normies started watching it that's sicario basically <laughs> and that's literally like I, i'm not even just like 
making like some weird conjecture point here. Those people are literally the ones that don't like traffic because they think that traffic should be Sicario. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about traffic <clears throat> is, I also thought it was uh, kind of nice that it wasn't all just like action and raids and like drug raids and stuff like that. It's like you're seeing right. how the drug trade works and like how the politics of it work. You have actual politicians talking about the drug trade, an actual customs enforcement agency officer, whatever, some guy talking to Martin Sheen and very happily or. I keep saying Martin Sheen. Uh, it's Michael Douglas, isn't it? Fuck, I'm not going to look it up. I don't care. I am also don't remember. I mix those two up all the yeah. time, too, so uh, I cannot... Yeah, whatever. Know. Whoever it is. who uh, I remember the Steven Soderbergh was apparently filming it in secret. It was very happy he didn't say the actor's name out loud. So uh, they, they got away with that one. Uh, it's it's a little depressing, yeah, but uh, it's about a depressing subject. We should feel we should watch this and feel bad about this sort of thing. It's uh, this is a movie with a message in a very good way. So I'm happy that I watched Traffic, and uh, like I said, kind of a stressful week for me. So that's the only thing I was able to get around to. Alex, what'd you watch? Uh, so I've got a couple. I uh, I was very ambitious. I uh, downloaded a bunch of movies, including a bunch of assignments to uh, take with me on vacation because I'm like, oh, I gotta five-and-a-half-hour flight out there. I got a roughly five-and-a-half-hour flight back. I'm probably going to have some downtime. So I watched two movies on the plane there and didn't open my laptop again until today. But uh, uh, it's the thought that counts. So I do want to talk about both of them because I think they're both interesting and worth talking about. One is a movie that you talked about fairly recently that Parker had also seen called Pontypool. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I know... I remember, like, both of you guys were, like, very positive on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... Were there parts of it that you didn't care for, or did you think the whole thing kind of worked? I think altogether it works, and there's almost certainly parts that probably didn't need to be in there. Uh, I, I don't know if I could name any of them in particular, but I, if you have any that you think probably should have been excised, then I could probably agree with them. I don't know about excised, because I think that this is like a very good movie, if for no other reason than like it's very engaging and it keeps you very interested. Mm-hmm. So even when, like, some of the lines go to a place that's like, well, that's kind of stupid. Like, you kind of don't care because no part of the journey was stupid. I think, like, the last, like, 15 minutes of that movie kind of doesn't really work. I like the ending shot, but, like, everything in between that and, like, I don't know, like, 15 to 17 minutes before it, like, kind of feel like it didn't stick the landing. But the movie's so, like, unique to me and, like, so novel in so many ways that, like... I kind of don't care, uh, which is weird for me to say, because I'm very much a person who can be, like, really disaffected by, like, an ending that I don't care for. And with this movie, I didn't feel like that at all. Like, I was just like, this is something that I've never seen before, and I had fun watching it, and I'm not going to hold it against, like, the the people that wrote the movie for kind of not being able to tie it all together at the end. Um, I don't know if you guys felt similarly or if you were more positive on, like, the the third act of this movie, but uh, I am curious if you guys have anything to add. Well, the ending was the most controversial part of this movie, at least as far as I've seen from other reviews. A lot of people said, oh, the ending doesn't work, I didn't go for the ending, or... Was it a a post credit scene where they're at the bar? Uh, Did you see that, where they're wearing sunglasses? I absolutely did not continue watching for a post credit scene. The credits rolled. I closed my laptop. It was a. Like I, that was like. I what, what is it? I think it's it's like those two characters. They're at the bar and they're wearing sunglasses and they're speaking kind of weird. And it kind of looks like it's going to become like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like it looks like it's going to be from *Dust Till Dawn*, but Canadian. 
and you're just like, what is it? And it only lasts like 15 seconds too. So you're just like, what? What is this? So oh, that's fucking yeah, weird. it's weird. It it doesn't not work, but it also feels like it's just some extra thing that they did where you're just like, huh, okay. And you don't really think about it much anymore. That's not. It doesn't even feel like the real ending. As far as the ending goes, is like. I guess I didn't think about the ending so much as I thought about the entire thing. I like I went back to the beginning. It made me think more and more about the beginning and how this whole started and everything. And I think that's what stuck with me. It made me think about when I was a kid how I would write a scary story and would go a little something like that. Yeah, and I think that's that's definitely fair. I think like the the perspective of that movie is like, like, I'm not going to say it's never been done before because, like, literally radio plays were a thing for yeah, how many Yeah, this was originally a radio play, like, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. But uh, um, the way it doles out information to you and the way that, like, it uses the claustrophobia of that setting I think is, like, really effective. And I think it's also a movie that, like, when it drops you, like, a carrot in the first act, it'll come back to you at some point later in the movie in a way that doesn't feel, like, intrusive... Like, okay, so the, the part where the <laughs> the fucking theater troupe comes to sing songs oh, yeah. in the middle of them, <laughs> like, reporting on the emergency, and, like, there's clearly something wrong with the one girl, and then they just leave, and you're like, oh, well, that's weird, I wonder if we're ever gonna get a resolution, and then, like, an hour later, she's just sitting in the chair upstairs, like, it's like, like, shit like that works for me, because it's like, okay... Well, this adds 30 seconds of runtime to your movie to resolve this thing that ultimately doesn't matter. But, like, it makes me feel rewarded for being like, huh, I wonder what's going on there. You know? Like, uh, unlike, you know, the movie we watched for this week's episode, <laughs> you know, which does the exact opposite of that. But no, I, this is, like, it's a strong recommend if for no other reason than, like, you're probably not going to watch anything like this for a while. I Like, it's not that I think it's, like, particularly, you know scary or like you know horror fans you must watch this one or anything like that it's just like an interesting cultural experience i really enjoyed it yeah it feels uniquely canadian and not just because of the brown face uh parker oh, it does feel so fucking canadian <laughs> but also yes <laughs> uh parker what, what were your thoughts on pontypool I think I mentioned this when you watch it, but uh, when me and my girlfriend first got together, like we both like horror movies, so I was like, "Oh, I've heard about this. We'll put it on." And then it became very apparent, like twenty minutes in, like, "Oh, this isn't like a background movie. This was the wrong decision." <laughs> it's like we let it play through, but like we did not give it the watching it deserved. But now that you've watched it and talked about it, now that both of you have, I'll probably watch it this week. It's been on the rewatch list forever because, like. I just did not give it a solid chance because I didn't know what kind of movie it was. I just know, like, oh, a bunch of the horror podcasts I listened to at that time talked about it. We should watch it because it's streaming. But, uh, yeah, I'll move it up the list now since you both watched it. Good idea. Yeah, I I, I think you'll get a lot out of mm-hmm. it. Um, especially as a fan of the genre, which I would never claim for myself. So Nor should you. No one should. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the other movie I watched this week, uh, have either of you guys ever heard of a movie called Miracle Mile? Oh, I feel like I have heard of it, but I forgot what it's about. Oh. Okay, so I'll give you the premise. Uh, our main character, Anthony Edwards, a.k.a. Goose, um, <laughs> he's, like, kind of, like, a losery dude in, like, his early 30s. Uh, he's, like, I think his job is he, like, plays, like, in, like, a professional, like, traveling orchestra. So he's, like, town to town and doesn't really have a lot of, like, human connections. Uh he ends up meeting this girl uh, in L.A. like when they're playing a show, and they hit it off, and they have this great connection. And, uh, you know, he's only in town for a couple days, so they're just, like, spending all their time together. And it's like, wow, you know, maybe I finally found someone. 
And uh, so they, uh, she like works at this diner and he's like, all right, cool. I'll meet you at, you know, 1230 after you get off and we'll go dancing. And, you know, let's like make this last as long as we can. And like, who knows, maybe this will turn into something. Uh, so there's a power surge at his hotel and his alarm ends up getting pushed like three hours back. So he misses the date. She goes away. He goes down to the diner to pick her up. And while he's there, the payphone that's near him starts ringing. So he goes over, he answers the payphone, and it's this guy frantically calling. He's dialed the wrong number. He's trying to get a hold of his dad because he works at a nuclear missile silo, and they're about to launch their weapons, and everybody has, like, 70 minutes to live. So he, like, happens to receive this call at 4 in the morning in downtown L.A. at the seedy fucking diner, and the entire rest of the movie is him going and telling everybody, like, hey, guys, the nukes are about to hit. We have to get out of here. And, like watching that idea and rumor spread not knowing how real it is not knowing if it's accurate and just watching the way that people handle like the collapse of society as he's just like trying to find this girl and like take her away so like they don't die because he's convinced it's completely real um and it's one of the most interesting movies i've seen in a long time Everything about it works. It's got, like, that right, like, late 80s vibe that you need for something like this, where it's, like, all dark and synthy and, like, very late nighty and kind of seedy. Um, but, like, you just keep coming across these characters, and it's like, all right, well, how am I... Like, like his character is like, all right, well, how am I going to convince this guy to help me get where I need to go without giving up the ghost, the fact that, like, hey, the world's ending, you got to get the fuck out of here, because, like, I need a ride over to this place. And it's just... It is a strong, strong recommend for both of you and anyone listening. Because it's like, it's it's maybe like 90 minutes. Um, there's just all sorts of shit going on. And it's one of those movies where like, you never really know what matters until like some point resolves later on. It's just like, you are almost in the role of this character as you're watching the movie. Where it's like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what is real. But I know that, like, something is happening, and it's it's a strong recommend. Like, I, I cannot recommend this one enough. I had an absolute blast with this movie. Um, I, uh, I don't remember how I stumbled upon this, but uh, I can't believe this isn't a movie that people talk about. Like, it's really, really good. And Anthony Edwards is fantastic as the lead in this movie. Like, he's... He is an acting treasure. I can't believe he was never a bigger deal, but... This sounds incredibly good. I know I've heard yeah. it. Incredibly this. I don't know why I haven't seen now, it. Now, I'm on the letterbox, and I've clicked on the director. Have you taken this journey? I believe that I have, but go ahead and enlighten us, because I don't want to do a bunch of clicking and fuck up the recording for Chris. Because this, uh, okay. <laughs> he wrote and directed it. He has written three movies. This, Strange Brew, and Future Sport. Prior oh, episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving up the list mighty. <laughs> Busy week coming for your boy. Oh, that rules. No wonder. <laughs> yeah. No, so you got there through that or Goose? Yeah. I'm not sure which way yeah. you got there. This is a strange uh, No, no, no. I just remembered. It just came to me. It was not through that. I did not discover this through, like, movie stuff. There is a song called Miracle Mile on an album that I heard recently that, like, is like like basically this movie was like the inspiration for and it's like uh okay so you guys remember the song from the um the song from the fucking like the the climax of the guest like the the synthy one where, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh the fog's coming up and shit mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the the artist that did that just put out an album that's basically like all sounds like that, which I've been waiting for her to do for like a decade, and that was one of the songs on there. So that's how I got to it. But um, yeah, no, very, very, very strong recommend on that one. I was tickled with this one. I was very happy. I will watch that and also link me that album because I still have the guest soundtrack on my phone. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, you you will probably appreciate it because uh, it, it, it's like it's kind of like what if the companion album for Drive was like actually good on the fourth listen so you know i it's very very up my alley but i also listened to night call for like three straight weeks and have never gone back to that album ever correct yeah (laughs) yeah it is the correct way to do things but uh i digress um that's all i have for you guys so uh parker what do you got i shall also be brief alex so the requin (laughs) hell yeah brother so much worse than I could have imagined (laughs) it is ungodly shit (laughs) what she did not uh, tell me was first of all the shark does not appear for an hour of this wretched movie (laughs) the entire movie Alicia Silverstone is making the most annoying sounds I've ever heard come out of a human being the most heinous screeches and screams constantly. It is an assault. I hated this movie so much. <laughs> it's so fucking shitty, dude. It is truly wretched. But it's wretched in such a specific way that, like, glad I watched it. I fell asleep for a solid ten minutes. <laughs> Woke up and was like, "That's fair." She shook me awake. I was like, "Did the shark come?" She said, "No." I went, Meh. "Then I grabbed another beer." <laughs> That's how you watch this movie. Hell yeah, dude! My favorite part is that her husband dies like seven different times, and he just keeps shaking back awake, like, "Oh, I gotta get out of here!" And then she gives him more water. It is. The conceit of, like, their shitty little cabana just getting swept away into the ocean is so funny. (laughs) I know. It does so much heavy lifting. Because, like, our podcast has more production budget than this movie does. (laughs) It looks so much worse than I thought it would. It is... Man. We wait a long time for the one of the worst looking sharks you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> this movie could have came out in the late nineties, honestly. It, it should have. Uh love the subplot of like, oh no, but she's upset because she lost her baby and you're like, Yeah, I'd... movie, I don't know what you're trying to be, but this is absolutely <laughs> not the time for this. It, it man. Um out of the dozen of you listening Two of you I'm speaking to directly, you'll watch it and you'll enjoy it. The rest, don't even. Don't even open yeah. Hulu. It's, you are fine. You will resent me forever. Absolute dog shit. Um, Alex, I think you watched this like forever ago. A movie that was on my letterbox watch list called Winter Beast. This really oh, yeah. shitty 90s movie. Dude. Oh yeah, dude. Dude. <laughs> I had no idea this movie was like a fucking Prometheus and Bob, like, Native American thing coming to life and murdering them. Dude, that movie fucking rules. Regional horror is now where I'm looking for things. <laughs> there we go. Just Correct. A, five people in some shitty Midwestern town with like a thousand dollars. It is so good. And they can run out of money for the stop motion, so it just summons a demon, which is just someone in like a shitty mask and costume going, <laughs> Argh! 
<laughs> it's so good, dude. <coughs> Amazon Prime oh, truly always delivers. Undefeated. Literally an undefeated service. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, let's see. We finished uh, season one of The Boys today, and uh, just an update on whether or not you should watch it. Uh, they introduced a character like halfway into the season that was a uh, former child actor who actually has superpowers and the like the kid can like if they touch you they can read your mind that kind of thing and then it cuts to modern day where it's just modern day Haley Joel Osment at a comic con thing signing autographs and the booth next to him is just Billy Zane as himself <laughs> incredibly good bit <laughs> strong recommend and I told Chris uh, there's a subplot where one of the Justice League guys gets banished and he just spends the rest of the season living in Sandusky, Ohio. It's pretty good. It's a good show. <laughs> I think that's it for me because uh, those episodes are an hour long so that took up a lot of my weekend. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Let's talk about uh, the old bait and switch. Yeah. 2022. So when you last heard us talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom which is I don't know how many years ago uh, we were like, wow, an idea here. What if all those dinosaurs that they freed from the Resident Evil mansion went out and colonized the Earth? That seems like something we'd watch, and then we did watch it. Unfortunately, they decided that they weren't going to make it about an Earth colonized by dinosaurs. But before we get into the, I just wanted to say, maybe the reason that Parker and I had a worse time than Alex is, Alex, did you come in like after all the previews and stuff? Oh, no, I saw the Minions Oh, thing. God, that Minions thing. That fucking that. Minions thing, dude. <laughs> That'll really prime you for a good time. <laughs> he, he let me... Okay, so speaking of backup jerk of the week here is... Because uh, Alex and I are in the theater where we're, we're just like... First of all, they show, like, the Minions... Is this Minions 2, 3 trailer? The one where they're on the, like, the plane? This is, like, Minions 7. I, d- I like, don't know, so man. Many. I've, this is a pre I guess, yeah. All right, sure. uh, friend truce, right? I don't want his hands in the middle. <laughs> right, <I> just, yeah. <laughs> so, like, they show that one, and we're just like, oh, boy. And then they show more Minions later on. Like, they showed, like, a different trailer after that, and then they show, like, they, they showed Jordan Peele's new trailer, right? And then they showed another Minions thing, where we're just like, what? Are they doing two separate Minions? What is this? And then they're doing, oh, it's a tie-in with Jurassic world dominion and like half the theater laughed <laughs> look man universal has three franchises and uh fast and furious is struggling right now so i believe it no you gotta do what you alex do. and i looked at each other and we, we just knew something was wrong so to everyone in that theater who laughed at the minions jurassic world dominion thing social credit deducted all right so <laughs> hey uh um uh, real quick, yes. just to uh, you guys and also any of our listeners and or whoever wants to DM RWA, uh, can we get a fucking gif of that plane the minions are flying hitting the World Trade Center? It's <laughs> like, you know, friend to friend. Like, Actually, I think we can because in that trailer, like, the, the plane almost hits the control tower. It buzzes the control tower there. So, uh, yeah, just have it there except it... <clears throat> you fill in the rest. Anyway, uh, well. so... Astute listeners might remember. <laughs> Literally, we, we two don't weeks have ago. astute listeners. Just have listeners. Listeners <laughs> might remember. <laughs> Literally weeks ago, I went on a whole goddamn rant. Like, you tell me this movie is about them going to rescue a baby raptor? I wish that was what this fucking movie was about. <laughs> take that god damn <laughs> wait before before that okay so they don't just have a minions tie-in they have a now this news tie-in you know that like shitty like three minute news clips you see on face or you used to see on facebook 
that's the beginning of this movie saying, wow, isn't it cool? Dinosaurs are all over the earth. Many people are saying. And you see this, you're just like, okay, we can we can see something like this. And it turns out, no, this movie is not about dinosaurs conquering the earth. This is about giant locusts. That is right. when the movie lost me. Because, yeah. like, I came in wanting this. And when I saw that the movie I wanted was a four-minute pre-credits news, like, archival footage, I was like, oh, Oh, I don't. So, I don't care what's after this. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Let me uh, let me contextualize my feelings on this because uh, I agree that that would have been a much better movie to watch. But also, I have seen this exact same newsreel of a movie I'd rather watch once before, and it's called "The End of Godzilla: King of the Monsters." So, <laughs> I was not negatively affected in the same way because I just know they're never gonna give me that because literally a movie I actually liked showed me the same fucking thing. It's like a hey, wouldn't you like to watch this? Hey, hey, doesn't this look cool? Look at all these monsters in weird places. Isn't that neat? And, uh, yeah, so this was, uh, you know, not, not new and novel. All right. It's so also we... the context, like, the second movie ends on that tease of, like, holy shit, guys. Yeah. We let the dinosaurs loose. <laughs> we promised this Colin Trevorrow gets fucking fired from Star Wars and is like, no, 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 it's okay. I'll come back and finish out this trilogy and make it good. And then they're like, I don't know, we kind of figured it out. Now here's the some thrilling bugs. conclusion of the Jurassic World saga <laughs> will not be seen yeah. today. <laughs> he got fucking fired from Rise of Skywalker. He's like, no, don't worry, guys. Jurassic World's in capable hands now. Steven Spielberg likes me for some reason. We'll figure this out together. So one of the first things that Colin Trevorrow decides to do for this movie is A, bring back the paleo veterinarian and oh B, that black nerd that no one liked from the second movie that everyone's already forgotten about. <laughs> Look, she could ruin my life. We'll just put that on the table. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm glad they were gone so quickly, yeah. though. I was worried they were going to stick I, around. I was also a little like, worried about that, too. And apparently they were, another one, they were another set of actors who were just like, yeah, we're excited to be back. I was like, you didn't even have a line. You're barely in this fucking movie. But, uh, yeah, it's a good thing that they weren't in the air. Because that, that guy really annoys me in this segment. He is just not good at acting. Like, yeah. That's, like, it's very rare that I say that. Like, even when I see a bad performance, like, for the most part, it's like, oh, these are professionals. Like, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Everything I've ever seen that dude in is, like, the most, like, it's like I'm watching a fucking video on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, completely uncharismatic. But, like, you know, it's just, like, some guy that's, like, trying to talk to me into the camera. Like, he's my buddy. And, like, I don't want that in a fucking movie. Yeah. Like, who's that for? Oh, yeah. I'm glad I you know mentioned it. children, but, you know. Because, like, so many of the performances in this movie were like, I know Sam Neill's a good actor. Like, was. Why is he... What <laughs> no, is, I was gonna say. What is happening? <laughs> he also doesn't have a lot of lines. I have a feeling that he just gave up on trying to hide his accent. So they were just like, what if we just cut all his fucking lines here? <laughs> his only it's character... so amazing. His only character trait Sorry. is wants to fuck Laura Dern. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, that's not true. That is true. He has one other character trait, and that is wears a hat. Oh yeah, he he likes his hat more than Indiana Jones. He has Jones a fucking does. Indiana Jones hat, and he wants to fuck Laura Dern. Yeah. That's why we brought him back after thirty years. All right. Hey, can you tell he was supposed to make a Star Wars movie, and then came to this instead? All your faves are back because no one's ever really gone. Right. Uh, well, he's not the only one who's back. Chris Pratt is back, and the first thing he does is Dino Rustlin, and. Uh, Oh this God. actually got one of the biggest laughs out of uh, Alex, who she saw me like kind of sigh and pull out like one of the uh, 
the the order cards and write down uh, the notes about Chris Pratt riding a horse with a lasso to try to take down <laughs> one of these dinosaurs. Which, by the way, he does like the whole hand thing. He does this like thirty times during the movie to tame the dinosaur. Hand thing so often. I have. A I did that. <laughs> I've done that twenty times today. I want you to know. This this literally was just the fucking Star Wars script, wasn't it? Like, oh, this is the part where he uses the force to, uh, uh, oh, I guess we're not in that. Alan, Alan, Several Alan, times <laughs> today, I asked her for a beer and she reached for the wrong one. I just did the hand thing. <laughs> Alex, did you do that to your I'm wife to prevent asshole. her from coughing and giving you back COVID? <laughs> uh, I should no, but I'm gonna do it when she uh, goes to pick up her car keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad she didn't do that to stop you from laying on Yoda. <laughs> anyway uh, too bad she didn't do that to stop me from passing out from altitude sickness and giving myself a concussion <laughs> hey maybe that's why i enjoyed this movie. yeah that could be it well you know <laughs> uh, so it just apparently so since you can do this to raptors which like he did that in uh the first movie right he was doing like the thing to the raptors he had apparently trained for a long time with those specific raptors to do that to them and apparently this just works on all dinosaurs. You hold up your hand and suddenly they're just like, mm-hmm. and it just works, I guess. I don't think that makes any sense. But uh, in this movie it does. He also has his British sort of daughter with Bryce Dallas Howard. First of all... Okay, it, uh, uh, one question quick. Was she British in the last one? I was wondering the same thing, but I... Okay, thank you. I literally just watched it last week. I was like, did she have an accent? Uh, did she even I talk? Could have sworn I don't think she, she fucking talked. Like, I I know she talks when she does the speech where she reveals that she's a dinosaur. and then lets Yeah, see, free, this but, is uh, that's the weird thing for me, is I can't remember if she was British in the last movie. I, I barely remember what voice sounds like. But even if she was British in the last movie, she got way more aggressively British. Her accent in this movie, she literally does the like the the thing from the British movie. She literally says, "I don't know who I am." I'm like, I mean, they're right yeah. though. British people are not human, yeah. so I agree. I, correct, but also like she's been living in a fucking cabin in the woods for what four years, and it just her got accent more got British. Stronger. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are, who is she talking to? They're just watching. Hey, we're gonna go rescue Blue. Oh bloody hell! Here we gotta go get Blue. Like what? All right, sure. The only VHS tapes they have there are just Monty Python episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and she actually says to her, "Well, yeah, I died not who I am," and and her mother's just like, "I don't really know what you said, so I'm just gonna say you are the only you that's ever been." And that actually got Dude. like laughter in my theater. <laughs> Dude, same. Yeah. My theater like was well behaved. She says, "You're the only you," and someone like sixty sound just goes. Ah. <laughs> And it fucking slayed me. I didn't know Josh was in Texas. <laughs> it murdered me. Too. Speaking of Josh, uh, during the uh, the big kiss scene at the end, an eight year old in the row in front of us went ew, and it made me think of it. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, I, I, Josh would have high fived that kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, so she gets mad and leaves her uh, log cabin with Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt as her parents. Which, by the way, I would just stick with them seems like fun and she rides her bike and she sees two like apatosaurus uh being shepherded away from a i don't know a train depot or something like that this is the longest fucking scene in movie history okay this felt like one of those french new wave movies where nothing happens for 30 minutes it's supposed to be art like they're just getting up and slowly walking away it plays like this light piano music like oh aren't they so majestic can't we live with these things in peace we should shoot all the dinosaurs 
I that's you could have wiped out homelessness in California with the yeah. money it cost to film them <laughs> sauntering into the trees. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that all of the dinosaur rescues in this movie reminded you a lot of that dog. <laughs> <laughs> Except that there were fewer people involved, I guess. Because uh... yeah, I'm a big fan of Brontosaurus Burt myself. He's like an artist standing for calling Trevor. Walk away, and the loggers just start chanting "Hero, Hero." <laughs> like the the thing that they're trying to do is like, oh, we can live with these dinosaurs in peace. They don't actually address that throughout the movie. It's just like supposed to be the moral of the story but they never really go into detail about whether they can it's just that one scene being like oh what if we just move them when they're in the way <laughs> these gigantic fucking animals which by the way i waving a flare for those dinosaurs doesn't mean that they're going to follow it i i don't think that's what's going to happen well how would you know have you ever interacted with a dinosaur yes are you a clone yes. yeah, yeah that's what anyway I so Anyway, she's looking at this, and I was like, is this, like, a powerful moment? Is this, like, when Julia Roberts touched the elephant and eat, pray, love? I don't buy it. So she goes home. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so she goes home. Oh, you haven't seen it. That's an assignment. All right, so she goes home, uh. and she they're not the only ones in them there woods. There's also Blue, who is living just feet away from that cabin. Just die. Just Ap- fucking apparently, die. Sorry, real quick. Go. Sorry. Real quick, eat, pray, love, but it's a movie about a pit bull. Continue. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that. Sorry, mo- I had to get that. I out. can't believe I that millennial couple named their newborn daughter "Pray Love." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so just feet away from their cabin is Blue the Raptor with a uh, Blue Junior named Beta. Can you imagine naming your kid Same. Beta? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, they live in, like, a, a broken-down school bus. Only if it was a clone of me. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> they, they live in the in a broken-down bang bus. And the whole thing I, I kept thinking was, they're just living Christopher McCandless style, feet away from their original trainer, and they're still enmity between... Clearly, Blue wants to fuck Chris Pratt. She's not alone. I'm, I'm the same way. But apparently Chris Pratt has no idea that Blue is there. Despite hearing Blue and Beta's yowls throughout the night, like, he hears a, hmm, uh, that sounds familiar. Eh, whatever, it's probably nothing. I'm gonna go watch Monty Python with my Nada daughter. So, (laughs) by the way, this whole hunting scene where they're, like, trying to get a deer, the fuck was the point of that? Was it to show that a raptor is more powerful than a wolf? I could have figured that one out. See the size of these fucking things? Yeah, so this is, like, really interesting to me, because, like, you guys both seem to be pretty mad that, like, you know, this wasn't about, like, the dinosaurs just doing dinosaur shit out in the world, but also you hated all of the scenes where the dinosaurs were doing dinosaur shit out in the world. I thought all of the fucking dinosaurs doing shit scenes were, like, perfectly fine, and I think that's where the disconnect is between, like, what you guys thought about this and what I thought about it. Like, I'm fine watching Dinosaurs Hunt. That's dope. I would watch, like, a fucking eight-episode miniseries of just dinosaurs hunting wolves and shit. That's that's Yeah, sick. I think I would have liked it more if it contributed to the story, but it didn't. See, that's a... Th- there is no story. There the is story a, doesn't fucking There is matter. a story. You keep saying that. That's like your favorite that. thing when you say that there's no plot in a movie. When, and then I explain the plot, and then you never mention it again. There is a plot in this movie. Is that how it works? Yes. 
Yeah, the same thing when he did it with fucking the witch. Same thing when he did it. Yeah, because you didn't manage to refute it. What am I supposed to keep saying it and egging you on? I did it for the lighthouse. I explained the plot of the lighthouse. Oh, you did it. You did, and I did it for the Godfather as well. No, you attempted to, and it didn't work, and I let you off the hook. Okay, that's what happened. You're welcome. And you did the same thing for the Godfather. Literally, yes. You said the Godfather had no plot, and then I. When did I say that? When I when I I'm gonna need a receipt. So that was when I watched the. I don't know if it was when I watched the Godfather in theaters. You said the exact same thing. This movie has yeah. a plot. The plot of this movie is that giant locusts are taking over the earth. And we need to do it because there's a biotech company literally called Biosyn. And, uh, oh, how do you know it? Because they say it 80 times? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, they spilled the sin yeah, I'm going to interject and say, I actually do. I also enjoy the dinosaur hunting scenes. The problem is, the next sentence is, so locusts are attacking fields, and then I immediately check out. Yeah, that, that is where... Yeah, I signed up to watch uh, dinosaurs hang out at construction yards, not... Bugs are big, and the crops. Yeah, I would have liked less of the... In fact, don't even put locusts in your movie, unless it's like the Ten Commandments. Or I guess the Mummy. The Mummy had decent locusts. What if the Ten Commandments had dinosaurs? But like, I I wanted something like, oh, if Blue is hunting... If they were actually tracking down Blue's baby, and they actually... If the movie was about that, I would have had had stronger feelings for the Blue and Beta hunting. probably would be a better Yeah, it would have objectively been a better movie. It's weird, because like, the... The genetically engineered locust thing is like a plot line that could work in a movie, but not this one. Because, like, there are dinosaurs here, and that's just way cooler. And also, if you're going to make your movie about fucking locusts, which I don't want to do in the first place, but, like, whatever, if you do it, then they need to, like, be able to do something other than be icky. Like, Ugh, yeah. it's like the least threatening enemy in any fucking... Like, we have so many scenes in this movie where it's like, oh my god, the locusts are attacking our heroes, and it's like... They're just buzzing around, and ew, one got on me. It's gross. Like, I, okay. Yeah, they do a lot it's of gonna that. It's going to eliminate life on Earth. You know what else is a danger to the food chain is uh, Velociraptors. Yeah. Can I have that movie instead, please? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. It's like with the locusts, the idea of the locusts is that they're eating all the crops and stuff like that. That's going to lead to world hunger. And they explain this, but they don't really show it. Instead, what they show is like, boy, it would be gross if you were stuck in a barn with one of them. Isn't that icky? Well, they're not eating the biosyn crops. I was like, oh, well, that could lead to control. It's like, but again, it's all talk. It's all words. They don't actually show like people starving, people fighting, and over like uh, biosyn products it's... in the in the supermarkets and stuff like that. You know, it's kind of got a fandom menace vibe to it in a way. Where oh, like, yeah. there's like this plot line going on that's clearly like you can understand that it's serious, but also like I'm here to watch the men swing light sticks at each other. Like, I like. Yes, food is important. We all get that. This is a baby movie about dinosaurs. What are we doing? The kids in my theater were getting restless at several points in this movie. Oh, no yeah. kidding. How did they not? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm surprised they weren't excited for the triumphant return of Laura Dern and Sam Neill. Hey, kid, do you remember them? They were on screen 25 years before you were born. Dude. Don't you love the fuck, them? I've seen that movie half a dozen times, and within it would have taken me like 30 guesses to get Sam Neill as the actor from the first one. <laughs> he asked me his name right now. I, I don't... Yeah. Is it, it Grant? Is yeah, that Alan Grant like, is okay. his name. I'm just like sitting there like, was that Richard Dreyfus? Like, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Like, whatever. Some fucking guy wearing a hat. Who cares? Yeah, well, that's one of the things here is like... They're not really memorable characters from the first movie. They, I remember the dinosaurs from the first movie. That's why I watched Jurassic Park. I don't know anyone who watches Jurassic Park and be like, yeah, Laura Dern was so great in that movie. She just looked surprised when she saw a dinosaur. Let, let me give you the list of characters I remember from the first movie. 
Jeff Goldblum and Newman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. those are the ones who are one of them's dead. People don't <laughs> yeah. even talk about Richard Attenborough in the first movie. Yeah, you had to think about that, right? Sad. You had to remember. Oh, yeah, that guy. He was in it. I. It's been a long right. time. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the guy. What if you got Sorry, the part creator's friend's cloned granddaughter, who's actually not the clone of the granddaughter, but the mom made it and put the clone in her belly and then fixed her genes. Yeah. And also the Asian guy's back. Oh, good, yeah. My yeah, for, hair for some reason. Yeah, you know, that was kind of funny that they brought him back. It was just like, that guy has been in every single one of these movies, and every single time I'm like, oh yeah, I guess he was technically in that one. Oh well. That guy has made a fucking killing on the series. Good for him. Uh, that guy he just is, keeps showing up. Uh, that guy is B.D. Wong. <laughs> Wong, <laughs> where's my automobile? <laughs> he is fairly well known. Uh, but like, that's... To who? Yeah. I thought, I, wasn't he on, a, was it a Law & Order SVU and a bunch of other stuff? Exactly. Yeah, I thought he was, oh. <laughs> I thought he was well known or something. I guess not. Maybe I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I'm standing my ground. I'm not letting him off the hook this time. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm. I learned my lesson. No, I guess you're right. B.D. Wong is uh, not well known. Your words, not mine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah, they have to go visit a fucking... Jeff Goldblum, who they actually introduce as a chaotician, which I don't think is an English word. I think they're just... <laughs> God, it, this... Yeah. <laughs> I did not catch yeah. that. That fucking sucks. Yeah. No, that is correct. I, which, uh, you know, I guess good for them for sticking to his original annoying fucking character. Like, I know that's the same guy that was in the early movies. Well, uh, I kind of like Jeff Goldblum in the first movie, and in this one, I did not resolutely hate him. I, uh, Turns out the same thing loses its charm after three decades. There's also that, too. Uh, I, I didn't have any sort of attachment to him. And I know a lot of people do like Jeff Goldblum. He's kind of getting like the Nicolas Cage treatment from people. Be like, oh, man. Oh, he sure that is. Hotels.com guy, he's great. I, uh, I I don't know. I don't have any sort of uh, real affinity for him. I think, he's, I think he's a decent actor. I liked him in The Fly. That was 1986. So, <laughs> I mean, he looks good for being a million years old. Yeah, he that. does look good. Uh, but uh, as far I as hope his, I uh, use that gracefully. As far as his performance, like, the, like I think the thing against me is that like for all these dinosaurs all over the place, you'd think the guy would care a little bit more. Yeah, instead he's just doing quips the whole time. Yeah, like the and, scene uh, where he's trying you know, to let them out of that cage and stuff like that. It's like friends are gonna oh die. It, it's you want to talk about having something in a movie that makes you feel the runtime. It's him fumbling through his unfunny jokes every time a plot point is about to happen. It's like, no, just fucking get to it. I don't want to listen to Jeff Goldblum. I want to go home in two hours and ten minutes instead of two hours and thirty. Like, what are a we? A lot doing? of them aren't even quips; they're just observations. Like when it, when uh, Chris Pratt has Beta on his back, and he's just like, "Is that a dinosaur on your back?" First of all, you already knew that he was going in there for a dinosaur. He's told we had a conversation about this, and and two, like. You're just saying, that is a dinosaur. Yes. Like, wait, are you reminding Chris Pratt because of all the CGI that had to be used for it? I, I don't know what we're doing here. Man, so many shots of this movie feel so disjointed. Yeah. And speaking of Jeff Goldblum, like, the entire scene where he gets fired, you know a movie's not holding your attention when you notice, like, wow, those two are never, ever, ever once in the same frame for this whole conversation. There's just a lot of people talking to doubles in the backs of people's heads. I don't think Jeff Goldblum was ever on set for more than like a week because he did not share a single scene with the main villain of the movie. And uh, boy, if you notice that, you're not very engaged in the corporate espionage of 
the genetics company. So, uh, this dinosaur movie. Should should we talk about the villain of this movie, Doctor Fauci? Oh, you went with Doctor Fauci. Jesus Christ, dude! I went, My God, I went with. Uh, it fucking looks just like him. No, it actually looks closer. I think to the same Steve Jobs that was on loan from Don't Look Up, but with glasses. <laughs> that's that's what they're. I mean, I've for. seen that, so I understand. You, that. so, so that's still I, in your like, future. I, I'm struggling to picture that guy. However, I can hear his. Stupid oh, it's different voice. voice. That's that's, so, that's the main difference yeah, between that, them because uh, he's not doing the voice that he didn't. Don't look ooh, up. Which that was oh, that was awful. Uh, was yeah. That, man, we should make Parker watch yeah. that. You're right. Please, yeah. please, guys. Yeah, but instead, uh, he is he is the bad guy. He's the evil Biosyn CEO. Which apparently that guy is. Also in the first movie, different actor, but uh, he's apparently like the main bad guy of uh, of the book Jurassic Park, which I haven't read because uh, I don't care. Sure, yeah, no one's ever really gone. I actually, huh? I actually looked that up. I was just like, this guy has a blue name on Wikipedia. What the fuck is this? So blue? Did you say blue? Yeah. Oh yeah. Bl- I know who you that is. See, uh, Chris Pratt and Blue have a forced dyad, yeah. and uh, therefore <laughs> they're linked, that's and he has to rescue Beta. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, it turns out that black annoying guy, he uh, works for the CIA in the Dangerous Species Division. Sure. It's. I mean, as far as... Tracking like, my ex-wife, am I right, fellas? Oh, Biosyn beware. <laughs> I feel it's like... By the way, speaking of like the... <laughs> speaking of so the way good. that this movie was filmed, it looked like the whole thing was supposed to be in 3D. I don't know if they're still making 3D. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you kept seeing like all the shots where they're coming out towards the screen. You're just like, okay, come on. There's that, but there's also like... It, it seemed really obvious to me when they were using animatronics as well. Like, the, the difference between the CGI and the animatronics was so jarring that I was just like, okay, that's CGI, that's animatronics, CGI, animatronics. To the extent that, like, you can see where their head is in the separate, like, black line between their body and the rest of it. You're just like, God, what are we doing? Why, why are we saying that this is okay? Was this a cost-cutting measure? It's weird because, like, I'm the practical effect. I'm one of the many practical effects guys, and I want more of it in movies. I think, I don't know, just pick one. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's also the thing about the original Jurassic Park, because the original Jurassic Park changed the way that storytelling is done in movies with their use of CGI. That was the big moment in Jurassic Park, where everyone's, like, looking shocked into the distance, like, oh my god, and you see dinosaurs, and they look really good. People are like, oh my god, we gotta use this in our movies, this is gonna be really cool, this is gonna change how we use special effects. And uh, that sense of wonder is not something you're going to be able to recapture. Certainly not in 2022 in your sixth Jurassic Park movie. So none of that is going to be done. So uh, the best way to recapture your audience's attention is with locusts. And characters you maybe remember. Yeah. They could have put literally anyone in that hat and been like, oh yeah, that was probably the guy from the first movie. Exactly. So, uh... (laughs) What is it? A Laura Dern. It's really funny to imagine this movie with like Anthony Hopkins in that role. By the way, <laughs> just like ah oh, yes, I was there at the original with the Jurassic with a Transformer Butler. Yeah, they're gonna. <laughs> so Laura Dern. Mr. Butlertron. So Laura Dern goes over to Sam Neill, who's uh, he went back to digging. I don't know why. And uh, she's just like, oh, you want to come with me for no real reason. Uh, the stated reason is, I trust you. I guess that's enough. So, uh, they just... I haven't spoken to you in 30 years. You're the only person I can trust on this corporate espionage mission. I couldn't tell if if she was suddenly signaling, like, oh, yeah, also, that thing when my husband's gone, if you wanted to get up in there. And he's just like, oh, well, I'm... I have to dig for bones, sorry. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, he decides, well, I've, I've got nothing else in this world besides wanting to fuck Laura Dern and also my nice hat, which just reminds me so much of Laszlo. Just, he wants that hat. <laughs> it really is a cursed witch yeah, hat. Yeah, exactly. My God. So, I guess this is where they go to, uh, hang on. They don't go to, uh, do, do they go to Biosyn? I think, yeah, they go to Biosyn, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they have to go right, yeah. catch a rare plane from Pennsylvania to Italy. Yeah. Yeah, they, they go to they go to Biosyn, and that's where they talk to uh, on-loan Steve Jobs and his uh, assistant, who's black. And uh, they also meet up with uh, fucking uh, Jeff Goldblum. And Sam Neill's like, what? Jeff Goldblum's here, but I want to fuck you. And she says, oh, you don't understand. He slid into my DMs. And the look on her face when she says that is just complete discomfort. Same on mine yeah. when I heard it. <laughs> Not great. Like, I wasn't happy. I, uh, I was worried there was going to be a lot more of that type of cringe in this movie, and I am very thankful to report that that's the only really bad Right, exactly. They, decide they have a little really bit of restraint. So uh, we have to talk about the Maltese club scene. Thank goodness this is in here. Uh, oh, you mean the fucking Moss Eisley Cantina for Dinosaurs? Exactly. Yeah, dude, yeah. let's talk about it. It fucking looks like one of those, uh, I don't know, it feels like it should be in a Stephen Summers movie or something like that. It's just a bunch of people, they're playing three-card Monty with dinosaurs or something. I, I, I fucking love this scene. Not because it's good, because it's not, obviously. But because, like, on one side, we have, like, the cockfighting between dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah. and then on the other side, we have a guy selling roasted dinosaur. Like, what purpose <laughs> are you coming here for? Like, I would like to buy or eat one of these majestic creatures. So both This of thing the... cost me $700,000. Would you like to eat its tail? <laughs> sure. Like, one of the things that they do is, also, he's selling roast <coughs> locusts. <laughs> it's like, they keep coming back. Yeah, Who's gonna buy that? I understand there's a lot of people around the world Yummy. who eat bugs, but, like, I'm not gonna fucking do that. The other thing is, like, <laughs> the first <laughs> robot... I almost said robot. Whoa, better movie. The first dinosaur cockfighting thing that they have looks like two raptors or mini raptors. I'm like, oh, that would be pretty vicious and sickening. And then later in the movie, during one of the chase sequences, I guess, it, it looks like they're, like, two baby teeth... I don't know, not T-Rex, baby um, Triceratops or something like that. They look too gentle to do anything to each other. It's like, what are they going to do? Like, hug each other? Why are these things fighting? So, I don't know, I just saw them with a chain. I was like, what are are we doing here? I think maybe they were trying to do something where, like, if Locust had not been the thrust of this movie, that, like, seeing... There was a scene where, like, I think uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was, like, petting... No, it was the Paleo uh, Veterinarian. She was, like, petting one Mm -hmm. of the baby... uh, Tyrannosaurus, not Tyrannosaurus, uh, Triceratops. I keep fucking that up because of the T. Yeah, they, she she's like petting one of the baby Triceratops or something like that, and and you're just like, oh wow, I guess it's kind of cute. And then here you see it locked up. I thought they were gonna like, oh, it's bad to lock up a dinosaur. We should be letting them free, like the Patasaurus with a flare or something like that. But they don't really hold on that. Instead, we have to see was that discount Asian Lady Gaga or something? She's like transporting. I think was she transporting uh, the girl? Uh, they yeah they yeah they, the clone daughter. There are so many characters in this movie, and other than the main ones, I cannot tell you the name of a single one of them. Like, I have no idea what that fucking pilot lady's name is. She's gonna be in a lot of this. I think she was one of the only in characters the... I liked. But go on, Parker. And the more characters, I mean, we I, get, she the... wasn't like a bad character. <laughs> She's like I don't know. She the more name? characters we introduce, it's like oh, we could be spending more time. 
at the cockfighting practice. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the important thing. I was really happy they the were playing like some dinosaur music or something there. The winning raptor has to fight Brachus for control of the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks like you go there to get a fucking ride to Tatooine. Like, what is this fucking seedy underground bar? Well, now we have to... It's so... We have to have the Fast and the Furious chase. This is where Chris Pratt is on a motorcycle. He's escaping from some raptors. Uh... One, yeah, which yeah, oh, this is uh, oh, one wait. of the further. Yeah, I don't have any yeah, complaints about this scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I, I need other people yeah. to know that there is a scene where dinosaurs chase after a guy on a motorcycle and it rips. I, I thought like, it was kind of cool that uh, much like I remember the scene in like the second movie where Blue gets fucked up by an explosion and trips and falls. It's like he had to do it in CGI. Like the 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 raptor fell down and got back up and ran away again. <laughs> They do that in this one too. Like some of the raptors, like I think they crash into some. One of them gets clotheslined really, really hard. Dude, that raptor <laughs> getting fucked up by the pole is so yeah. good. Uh, they have a really intense scene that just felt like it was built for the 3D, where they're trying to get it back in its pen or something like that. The guy dives out of the way at the last second, and it felt like I needed my 3D glasses for this one, and I, I didn't have them because I didn't pay that much. Also, I don't know if the Alamo does 3D. I haven't looked into that. Uh, but yeah, the scene's fine. I think I would have liked more scenes like that because it's generally well-filmed. It uh, didn't make me feel sick to my stomach, and uh, it had some decent action in it. And uh, it furthered the story in a way. It's in the sense that they get from A to B, in some sense. They also meet up with my favorite character in the movie, and I looked up her name, and it is... Beta. Kayla Watts. <laughs> is that the character's name? Or the actress? The actress is DeWanda Wise. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't right. tell your dad well, that. Kayla Wise is, uh, she seems like the only person who's having fun with the movie. Like, she's smiling when she's having a good time. She looks like it's a t- she's pretending like dinosaurs are actually there. Chris Pratt seems like he's tired the whole time. He seems, he seems old. I was surprised by how old Chris Pratt seemed in this movie. I know he's like 40, but... Hey, geez. you do the Jurassic World and the Marvel chain at the same time? That man is aged 40. He's aging in yeah, dog years right now. I mean, say nothing about his time. weird cult yeah. either. Like he's busy man. Yeah, he's got a lot. Man about town. Yeah. Him and Leto got a lot going on. We love an we entrepreneur <laughs> compared to Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> we love a guy boss. You think we can get Chris Pratt to form a band to open for Thirty Seconds to Mars? Oh my god! I think Thirty Seconds Mars would yeah, have to dude. open for him. So uh, <laughs> they're on their way to Biosyn as well. Excuse me. And. Uh, Let's see, yeah. Oh, yeah, the girls are... Yeah, so everyone's meeting up at Biosyn. That's where everything's happening. Uh, the plane is flying away, and a... Uh, it's it's not a pterodactyl. I think they use the, the phrase Quetzalcoatlsaurus or something like that. Quetzalcoatlus or something like that. Attacks them. And uh, I thought Chris Pratt was going to die. I was just like, oh, uh, I guess they're going to kill off Man, him. better movie. I really thought that was on the table. I thought that was going to be like our one of our lead character death sort of things. You know, we're going to kill off our franchise here. Chris Pratt's not coming back, and this is Let's, a moment. He's he's probably getting real expensive from the stars of the dinosaurs. Let's trim some fat, that's, folks. That's Come what on. I thought was going to happen. And instead, uh, miracle landing. They all survive. Everything's okay. Is anyone going to be like, yeah, I was going to see the new one, but fucking Bryce Dallas Howard isn't coming back? Like, yeah. <laughs> Saving my $15. Bryce Dallas Howard's back. I thought they were going to do like a thing where it's like, oh no, my British daughter, I really am your mum. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, one more note on this plane escape scene. This is not something that I normally notice in movies, but I think I noticed because like I otherwise really liked the shot of like her ejecting from the plane and the close up on her face. Mm -hmm. The problem is like, 
there is very rarely a scene where it's more obvious someone has had a lot of work done because their face just isn't fucking moving the way it should be when uh <laughs> when they're like falling through the fucking air and i it was like kind of unsettling to me and i was like man this sucks because i liked this scene otherwise but uh you know such is life yeah uh i yeah you know i don't think i picked up on that i did notice that there was a lot of uh blue screen for that but i also don't care because uh as it oh, turns yeah. out, you don't pterodactyls aren't real, so, you know, they're going to do it. I don't fuck? expect them to, to film it the same way as Top Gun Maverick, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise is going to be in the next one. He's going to actually bring the dinosaurs back to make it look right. He would pull that off. So, she lands in the I four. She lands in Dagobah, and the first thing she meets is... For real? <laughs> it's a dinosaur that uh, I think they call the Giganotosaurus. <laughs> I thought they were fucking with that me. That is a bit much for me. Alright? That is just a little well, too Well, is, is this before or after the Edward Scissorhands dinosaur? This like, is before. This is definitely before. I love we're him. Gonna he's get to my them friend right. and he's strong and I love yeah, him. Yeah, she hides from the dinosaur in the lake. This is another one of those scenes where it's like, if this was mostly about dinosaurs and less about locusts, I would have thought, hey, this scene's kind of cool. Her, she's hiding in the lake underneath the, the thing. But even then, the scene's not that exciting because I know they're not going to kill off Bryce Dallas Howard. You're not going to show her surviving that ejection and then she just gets her head chomped off by a dinosaur. This just is not the way it works. Also, oh, that reminds me. So, in the first movie... There is a scene that the internet was really mad about when that woman gets like eaten by the flying dinosaurs or something like that because people call. I was just about to. Yeah, bring everyone that called up, yeah. it like needlessly cruel, right? And I, I don't know if I felt very strongly about. It. I was just like, I paid for a dinosaur movie. Someone's gonna get eat. You know, it's it was more to me. It's insane that that's in a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, like yeah, she gets fucking that is murdered. more graphic than most of the things I see in most of the R movies. We've I, I have like, a feeling I've seen worse than that in PG thirteen movies, but I wouldn't be able to put a finger on exactly. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is I, I mean, the, there's the, a guy and oh, during the the during the Fast and the Furious chase, there's a guy on the scooter who scoots past a big old T Rex dinosaur. He, he looks up and he's like, "Who? Oh, what's that?" Then he gets his head bitten off. I'm like, "What the hell?" Like I was enjoying a scooter. <laughs> Of the movie. <laughs> I felt bad for that guy. <laughs> he probably bought that scooter that day, and he was just like, "All right, let's test this some bitch out. I'm going to show my girlfriend this is not it's a waste of 160 dollars." Like scooter on Malta, dude. Like, <laughs> that irk. Also, shout out to Malta. How many times do we get to like, see fucking Malta? Well, they they put a lot of money behind this. I looked it up. Apparently, uh, Malta really wanted their uh, their money in this one, so they're probably making a decent return off this. I hope. Well, Malta looked dope. Yeah, I wanted that. So, uh, good work, yeah. Malta. Shout out to Malta and their Falcons. All right, so... Oh, by the way, Shut this up. is about when the <laughs> fucking oh, movie you haven't seen. That's an assignment. Uh, shout out to Laura Dern yes, and Sam Neill. They're exploring the science facility. Uh, during which time, we get to hear the background of uh, Dr. Steve Jobs, who's, uh, who's explaining, it's like, no, you don't understand. Henry Wu is the name of B.D. Wong's character. He's the Asian guy, Parker. Uh, we, it's not about, like... Oh, you don't it's say? It's not about helping people. It's all about control. This movie, our story, is about the evil, controlling capitalists who want to starve all the people and take away their food. I think in the book, one of his lines is like, I'm not beholden to more... It was a, I won't be held back by regulations made for lesser souls. And uh, I guess they just decide to do that sort of thing with this guy, but uh, perhaps not quite as blatant for uh, Michael Crichton. Uh, I uh, he while he's doing all this, Sam Neill and Laura Dern they are looking for the locusts because this movie the the locusts are way more important than the dinosaurs. I guess they go into the 
locust breeding feeding facility and uh i think that's what happens and i don't remember if this is when or, or maybe it's later on i don't know i just remember one character says no one said there'd be bugs i was like that should have been the tagline that, that really should have been like the war yeah, for real <laughs> yeah <laughs> also if you didn't see that coming in the third act of your, if one of your characters says in this movie that's entirely about locusts in the third act no it's not there be bugs it's like what were you asleep the whole time did you not see what was going That's on? Why you fucking flew out here, lady? So you tricked. This me. is also about the time where I realized, hey, wait a second, why are Blue and Beta even in this movie at all? Bro, on my life, <laughs> I was wearing my Apple Watch, right? And they get to the part where they all fucking reunite at the outpost, right? I'm skipping ahead yeah. a bit to make yeah, this yeah, point, yeah. but I want to forget yeah. it. And they're like, all right, uh, Beta's being held in subsection eight. I look at my watch. We are two hours into the movie. <laughs> it's the first time Beta's been mentioned in the, easily an hour. Like, absolutely fuck yourself. What are we doing? My uh, my favorite part to also jump ahead a little bit is because the reason that the movie tells us that Beta the Raptor is important is because we have to study her alongside the annoying British girl in order to figure out how to do the genetic stuff. And then at the end of the movie... The raptor goes home, and all he needs is the girl. So they were wrong. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, the, the, Appreciate yeah, it. The, the movie actually... The movie. The character actually explains that uh, the daughter, the clone daughter, uh, her clone mother actually ejected the girl with, like, I don't know, some sort of DNA genetic-altering material that made her healthy and stuff. So we could use that to, I guess, kill off all the uh, locusts or some, uh, some bullshit. Either way, like... I know Blue didn't do that. Blue didn't have, like, a beaker and graduated cylinder and, like, a stethoscope. She wasn't, like, treating her own daughter. Blue isn't important in this movie. The only reason Blue is in here is to sell more toys. I think we could all figure that one out. But, like, damn, Parker, you were right. I definitely would have preferred this if it was all about hunting down Blue and Beta. Yes. And then you find the Sith Wayfinder, and that takes you to Biosyn. It's fine. Yeah, it's like Homeward Bound, but with dinosaurs. That's a better movie. Yes, better movie. Yeah. Imagine like like Blue comes up and she's all distressed because Beta's missing and she like speaks and like clicks to fucking Chris Brad and says, My daughter is missing, come and help me. Oh my god. If you gave me fucking translated dinosaur speech on the bottom of my screen, I would buy another ticket. Exactly. Right yeah. Oh my god, Beta got attacked by a porcupine. What are we gonna do? Instead, this is all about the evils of locusts. Also, they should have just, every time they introduced one of these, like, a Quetzalcoatl Dactyl or some shit, they should have just paused it and, like, had the text come on screen, like a cool screenshot of the dinosaur. Yeah. We're trying to pretend like, this is a real movie. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, like, when you get, like, a breakout in an anime to explain, like, how some mobile suit works. Yeah. Like, yes, that, that's 100%. exactly what you need yeah. for that. Uh, on, on that note, real quick, because I don't want to forget about mm. this. Uh, so I saw this at um, a Regal in downtown Denver. And uh, they're like, you know, the the video they show at the beginning to like get you to like not, you know, have your phone on and stuff, like or whatever. Like, uh, it was like very clearly filmed in like the late '80s, and uh, it did a lot for me. Like, just it, it looked like one of the things that the forgotten VCR guy would use, and it played right in between the minions and the start of the movie. So it really set me in. With See, that's movie. that's and, better. You got a better. I just want to say more people should do that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. ours was like right into the movie. You couldn't tell where Minions stopped and Jurassic World Dominion began. I'm, uh, when I go to a Regal, which is not often, I'm used to riding the Regal roller coaster with right, the, yeah. like, the popcorn and the, the soda and shit. And, like, this, like, clearly predated that and it kind of slapped. I'm not gonna lie. It's just never updated it? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they did it because, you know, oh, it's, it's everybody here is that's here for, 
you know, to remember all the old characters from Jurassic Park. They're going to remember what this was like back in the 90s, too. Like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to go back to Denver to see a movie anytime soon. I can't really confirm or deny. But anyway. well, there's a whole bunch of action scenes now. This is, uh, there are scenes in which, uh, half of our characters, so about 16 of them, are running away from dinosaurs, and then the other half are escaping from dinosaurs. Then they all meet up together, and, uh, they're friends. And, uh, they all have to escape a big... I don't think it's a... It might be the... Oh, it's not a T-Rex, because it's actually a different kind of Allosaurus or something like that. It's yeah. the Joker dinosaur. No, no, like, I, is the Joker dinosaur the one with, like, the, the Edward Scissorhands one, or is that a different one? It's okay. a different one. I can't keep track. There's three big dinosaurs. No, it's the one It's the one that the T-Rex and the Scissorhands dinosaur gang up yeah, on. We'll get, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. A scene that is unneeded, but also gave it, like, an extra star for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As they were starting to fly off, I was like, wait a second... This better not be fucking over. I was starting to get so, heated in my chair. I just want to talk about the, the Edward Scissorhands dinosaur. That's the one. It also has feathers, too. And it can swim. You know all those feathered things that like to swim. No, that was a different dinosaur. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. This Positive. Because yeah. that, that, the one you're talking about on the ice, that one's like way smaller. Oh. Yeah, it's like raptor uh, size. Anyway, yeah. It, that that reminded me, because I was kind of looking for a lava scene so I could call my dad. Uh, there's a scene in which Chris Pratt... Yeah, really? This week? You want to call your yeah, dad? not this... I don't even know <laughs> He... Chris Pratt falls into the ice with all the, with all the water and everything, and he should be freezing cold. The girl just brings him out of there with, like, one arm, and he's just kind of, like, breathing heavy. He's not even cold. It's just... It just felt really fucking stupid. Yeah. Also, that's another yeah, one of those, I'm like, gonna... fake 3D things, like, oh, it's gonna get you, it's gonna get you. Enjoy this roller coaster. I'm gonna be real, real nitpicky, because, again, this is yeah. a dinosaur movie for babies but there's like five different examples of like it cuts it shows the dinosaur coming full speed and then just jump cuts to someone being pulled out of the way it's like man i can give you like two or three of those but every single encounter is like oh wow just barely made it it's like no no you have a feeling part of the reason that it looks that way is because it's tied into like the 3d aspect because like if you show people getting that close it kind of takes away the tension from like the pop scare 3d effect that they're going for which is very, very embarrassing. Anyway, when they're all meeting up and they're all outside, that's when the Allosaurus comes by and it's chasing them all around and they're hiding behind a truck. The, the Allosaurus can just, like, look over it, you know? It's just, why are you doing hiding there? Do you think this gigantic thing is, like, ten stories tall can't see you? Anyway, they run away and stuff and get away with it. I don't know. It's just, the action scenes didn't seem to work for me at all. Uh... I, so I I agree for every like action scene where it's like people against dinosaurs and the people are just trying to survive or whatever because like the movie establishes pretty early on that there's just no fucking stakes for our main characters like whatsoever yeah like by the time Jeff Goldblum comes out of that fucking car with the flaming pike and he like, distracts the dinosaur it's like oh is this gonna be his big heroic sacrifice no of course not it's not that kind of movie everyone gets to live including the Asian guy that we rescued from the basement of Biosyn who shows up the last two minutes before the helicopter leaves yeah. clutching his briefcase like I I can fix this and you're like I don't care man <laughs> and, and Maisie's just like no be nice to me? him I, would also like to I, was, I was gonna say yeah, like it's... look Maisie last time you said no no let him live <laughs> you, you let dinosaurs like pop the earth so bd wong should be executed by the fucking hague he's done this like four times yeah he keeps cloning more dinosaurs he should it should be televised to the entire world that man is a public menace yeah by the way speaking of Maisie, which is the name of the i just felt it was easier to call her that yeah, yeah sure i'll take your yeah. word for it uh Maisie uh could also is imbued with the same super 
hero power that uh, her father has, her not a father has, because she can also control the dinosaurs with just her hand. <laughs> she actually does a whole eyes on me to it's, this. <laughs> I mean, oh. that's because she's a Palpatine. Like, it, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. this one makes it so powerful. Uh, they could. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that like no one else does it. I feel like everyone in the movie should just be doing the hand thing. They they should try that on the T Rex. Let's see if that works. <laughs> These fucking tech bros weren't smart enough to figure out the secret hand yeah. tech. <laughs> I gotta tell you, all oh, your billions of dollars, and look what I can do. So hand. speaking of the way that things are filmed, and also getting back to the triple giant dinosaur fight at the end, I felt like it was filmed in a sort of way where I was supposed to care if one of them died. <laughs> Because, like, it zoomed in on the dinosaur and its eye was still alive. And I was just like, so what? The humans are okay. They're they're already gone. We already know the humans are okay. These dinosaurs, which do not have names, are they're going to be fighting. If the dinosaurs had names, I might have been into it. Because, like, think about Cecil the Lion, Harambe the Gorilla. If you give something a name, then you start to care. If I take a pencil and name it... Then you have to kill it. If I take a pencil and I name it Todd and I crack it in (laughs) half, part of you dies. These dinosaurs don't even have names. Apparently, one of them is the T-Rex from the first movie, and it just can't It has die. to be. I, apparently. Yeah, I... I, I mean, like, they play it for dramatic stakes, but I'm still Team Nuke the Island, yeah. so I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, and maybe maybe that is part of the, the difference as well, because like I'm just Team Dinosaurs the whole fucking way through this movie. Like, so it's not that I care. It's not like I'm like, oh, no, the poor dinosaur is going to die fighting the other dinosaurs. Like, no, I understand how food chains work, but, uh, like... All the dinosaur stuff, like, even when it's just, like, the sad brontosaurus walking away from the fire, I'm like, oh, look at that guy. Like, like I, I just, I am very happy for the dinosaurs in their little sanctuary, and I'm mad when those fucking locusts fuck it up by being on fire. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, uh, same. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that thing that definitely, definitely needed to happen in this movie, where the locusts in the six-level underground basement all catch on fire and manage to blow their way through the vents somehow. Magically. Yeah. We were kind of watching that. We were just like, well, what the fuck was the point of that? You're not going to have control of everything. Oh, he's burning the evidence. Which, by the way, one of them kind of crash lands down and the Allosaurus eats him. I was like, that's who would buy a roast locust in the Malta yeah. prison. <laughs> that guy, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, like, it's not even... If it were, like, that he were actually trying to burn the evidence, it would be one thing. But then, like, the next 20 minutes of the movie, you're like, the... Sir, you have to crowd all the dinosaurs into this area if they're safe. He's like, no, no, I don't want to. It's like, okay, so this wasn't your plan? Like, the locusts just got out. Like, what are we doing here? I can't tell. I, I can't tell if the locusts are supposed to be burning down the dinosaur sanctuary or not. I, I don't think that that was what he was going for. Uh, in that case, I don't he's either. just a big dummy, and I don't know how he got to be CEO. Because <laughs> I think the whole, the whole idea here is that he was trying to do, like, a... Uh, Kind of like Hershey has a monopoly on bottled water or something like that. He's trying to get a monopoly on certain crops and stuff, and then he has control, and he can just be king of the earth. Uh, Biosyn is the new Umbrella Corporation. Hey, guess what, man? Uh, dinosaur still exists, so no, actually. Yeah, also that. So. <laughs> ah, because I, I control all of your grains. Like, uh, raptors are real. Yeah. It's like, cool, I don't man. give a I've shit. I've seen Quantumasalis. I know how this yeah, works. So, <laughs> that's the basic idea here. It turns out when all your characters are really, really dumb, then uh, it doesn't really seem to add up very much. Uh, yeah, I just... I couldn't possibly care. And then at the end of the movie, they're just like, oh, yeah, dinosaurs can live in people. What did they do? What's, like, the, the ending shots of the movie? There's, like, some dumb... Bro, place. the fu- How did that dinosaur get to Africa? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> just... <laughs> There's, yeah, a bunch I mean, of dinosaurs I'm... running with African elephants. <laughs> 
I, I'm very here for the Triceratops running around with a herd of elephants. Like, no, that I'm the not. That I'm I, here for. I've been tricked once already. I will not be here for it again. God yeah. damn it! No, I mean, I'm not going to watch another movie hoping I, to get I, that. But I got some <laughs> shots of the. See, thing that's I the thing is, I don't think they're going to make any more of these. I I feel like this is. It's already made like three hundred uh, million dollars. What the talks, fuck are you talking about? Are, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know how many of our favorites are going to be back for that, but uh. Yeah, we're almost done with Fast and Furious, man. Well, I think a lot of that money's going... Oh, that fucking Mary Sue? Don't get me started, bro. I feel like a lot of that money's going right back to Malta. They they deserve it. I just love that the the fucking message of the movie is like, you know, we shouldn't play God. Actually, just kidding. It seemed to work out. Everything seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, Don't worry about it. Just play God. Create dinosaurs, you know. As long as you're really nice to them. It's okay. (laughs) I, like, I hate to sound like this, but, like, I have to I have a feeling that if dinosaurs started fucking stuff up at our place, there's a lot of guns in Texas, okay? People would just start, like, picking yeah. these things off. But also, I like, they, they get back, like, all, all that's settled. It's like, no, someone's still gonna come back for her. Like, she's still worth a lot of money. <laughs> you think because you got rid of one poacher, it's like, well, we can finally leave this ranch. Like, no, this is your life now. I'm just, I hate to break it to you. You didn't win. Oh, I looked it up. That was a Therizinosaurus. That sounds like an appetizer. That sounds delicious. Get some potato skins with it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the mm. UN declares that Biosyn Valley, a, uh, a, a dinosaur sanctuary. Great. So uh, don't go in there. Either nuke it or let them run all over the planet. I don't... You can take your sanctuaries and fuck off. I don't need it. Like Blue going in there like the Hunchback of Notre Dame declaring sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Just worthless. I, I don't know. I get I get annoyed when I see a movie like this that there is a decent idea on the table here. And then with the trailer, you're just like, oh, no, it's going to be worse. And then you see the movie, you're like, oh, no, it's completely worse. I wish this was a fucking dinosaur heist. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah, that'd be so much better. Track down the missing baby raptor that could... That can talk or something. I don't know. Actually, oh, that reminds me of something. Remember when you were watching like Fallen Kingdom and they do like the dramatic clone reveal as if anyone could possibly care? And the whole time I was thinking <laughs> yeah. that like, oh, don't you understand? She's a clone of a pterodactyl. She'd have like pterodactyl eyes and we'd go, come on, fly away. That'd be really cool. In this one, they're they're like almost getting to that point. Where it's like, yeah, her mother injected her with this genetic material. It's like, oh, please tell me it was dinosaur, dinosaur DNA. That'd be so fucking cool. She just busted out wings in the middle of this movie, and they She's won't part do it. That's how I. That's how I see fucking Jurassic World four. If they if they promise that this girl is going to be half girl, half dinosaur, that's what I'm here for. It's like when Sonic became a werehog. <laughs> And that's the tea, sis.